Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only show that'll be perfectly comfortable in a place where they banned Funkin' because we're not interested. We're only here to monk. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. Um, I'm good, man. I'm alive and uh, I'm ready to monk. Exactly. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I used to do a thing in my TV production class where we did like the news there, where I, me and my friend would come up with excuses to do like survey segments where we'd go out and interview people, and it's basically an excuse just to walk around the school for an hour. And mm-hmm. one was we asked people what they're thankful for, and I'll never forget this one guy said, and he said in the exact way, you know, I'm just thankful to be alive. Not a lot of people can say that, which I think about that all the time. Not a lot of people can say that. He is technically He's right. Got a more good point. people are dead than have more people have died than are alive right now. This is true. Um, I mean, yeah. yeah, nailed it. Once again, I really do think about that all the time. <laughs> Not a lot of people can say that. Um, anyway, <laughs> He's a survivor. I know. So we're here not talking about that. We're here to talk about Mr. Monk and the captain's marriage. Uh, an episode that can very easily be confused with Mr. Monk and the captain's wife. But this is not about his wife. This is about his marriage as a thing. Okay, so the captain's wife was the previous one, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yes, uh, this is a good his, episode. This is his wife's third appearance. And uh, would you believe that I said final appearance? Because it uh, doesn't end well for them. No, it doesn't. And I'm actually kind of shocked that at some point it doesn't. she doesn't show up again. I, I mean, I think that uh, I think maybe if the show is on now... Like, I think it's just one of those things where you just, you don't expect guest stars to come back. I feel like now, I, I might not be right about this, but I feel like with a lot of shows, when they bring on a guest star, like, they always, like, have it lined up, like, that they're contractually going to come back a couple times, whereas I don't think they used to do that as much. Um, yeah, anyway. I, you, you would know more about this. Anyway, this episode doesn't start in uh, divorce court, like you might expect with the title. It starts in old junkyard, um, and... Uh, we start with a homeless man. Uh, we later well, let's get junky. Let's get junky. Ah, oh, wonderful. His name's Jerry, and Jerry's not alone. In the, he, and I'm not talking about the people. Who is he in a car with? He's in a car with Pete Buttigieg. No, I'm just kidding. He's with uh, his pet rat Devo. It's actually a mouse. I I appreciate the joke, a but mouse. it actually is a mouse. Yes. So it's not it's not Pete Buttigieg. Um, I remember Damn. I once I remember during the primaries I tweeted. Uh, I expect Pete Buttigieg to do really well in Massachusetts. Bostonians will appreciate him after his cameo in the final shot of The Departed. <laughs> um, I didn't see that one, but that's which is funny. One. Like I just want to say, I actually I don't really like those nicknames and stuff. I think they're kind of stupid and it's like reductive. But it is funny to do roundabout jokes like that. Anyway, so he's with his mouse and uh, he's feeding him, and he seems to have a good relationship with this mouse. Um, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to watch a man interact with a mouse. We're here. Because there's an argument going on. Two people are fighting about something. Some crimes going on. Yeah, and it's clear from like the conversation happening that it's like a, in, in some way it seems to be a, like a, a narc and like a cop handler kind of. Or that's what it seems like. I don't know if it, that's how it came off to you. Well, I mean, so you knew it was a cop from the beginning? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, he, the guy gave off heavy cop vibes, 100%. Well, I didn't when I first saw the episode because... I was because well, the other guy was clearly afraid of him, like in some authoritarian, like that's true. way. I thought he was just muscle because you know I don't know, but anyway, he's 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 basically asking the guy, uh, the guy we later learn is Sharky, is asking uh, Chicklet if he's wearing a wire and they're like, hey man, did you roll over? And right. by the way, we later figure out he did, 
But um, and then they get in a fight. And uh, how does a chiclet end up uh, biting the bullet? Not biting the bullet, uh, kicking the bucket. Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't clear to me that he was dead at first, but apparently he got bludgeoned uh, by yes. a gun. Yes. Well, first he got stunned with a stun gun. Right. And then he got bludgeoned over the head with a gun. Which I just have to say, that guy had really bad form with the stun gun. Like, if you, like, I don't know. Let's just say Chiglet didn't seem like the most uh, martial arts, like, you know, mm-hmm. guy who could, like, defend himself properly. Mm-hmm. And this guy's a cop. Like, I'm surprised he was even able to get the upper hand on him at a, sec- yeah. at a point. In I also wonder how powerful, I actually have no idea how powerful stu- stun guns are. Because, um, like, I remember I had a friend who, in high school, whose brother, older brother, just randomly had one. And, like, I don't think that his older brother went through the background checks in order to get it. So, like, I can't imagine it's that, that powerful. Actually, no, you can get guns. What are you talking about? I've always wanted to try it. Yeah, Florida, man. What are you talking about? And California is and not Florida too much better. Florida actually has a slightly stricter gun laws than you'd think because, uh, it, it, you know, and then there was some, they were passed before gun laws became super politicized. But anyway, um, but it is still pretty easy to get a gun. Anyway, so uh, the hobo makes a big mistake in my opinion, in that rather than just laying low, he kind of reveals himself that he saw Chicklet get murdered. Are, okay, is Hobo the, the accepted vernacular? I don't know if it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start calling him Jerry, but uh, Hobo, I mean, Hobo definitely isn't the, like the, the nice thing to say. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't think I'm going to get canceled for saying Hobo. Um, <laughs> the homeless person the jerry i'm just i mean i'm not gonna i'm i might say it again because i'm just to be frank i wrote hobo in my notes until i was reminded that his name was jerry well, i put bum so i'm not much better <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, bum is worse definitely <laughs> okay okay check this out so i forgot to tell you but the other day when you posted that tweet about uh cam newton and somebody else what was it what oh was it the oh cam newton and um, the girl with the cell phone the, thing no, it was uh, Cam Newton and because um, someone stole I think Nancy Pelosi's laptop. Yeah, and it was like Cam Newton and like MAGA insurrectionists shaking hands. In the middle was stealing laptops. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So when that happened, in one of my group chats, <laughs> Trey Zink, Trey, he uh, posted it and said Jay Christie canceled. <laughs> And I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I even, I think I even tweeted with I tweeted the I tweeted with the caption of "I don't mean anything by this." Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, also, I don't. That's not cancelable behavior. But I do appreciate that people are still thinking of me. Anyway, so uh, Sharky starts chasing Jerry, um, and uh, Sharky gets a bad break in that once Jerry leaves the junkyard, there happens to be a police car right there. Um, and he's like, someone's murder. Yeah, yeah. And the cops agree they're, they're going to go check it out. And then we cut mm-hmm. to the credits. Yep. And uh, Monk arrives. And um, he got duped. Oh, yeah. they Yeah, because Stan knew that he wouldn't show up to a junkyard. Which, I mean, if you're rolling up to the place in the car, you have to realize this is a junkyard. And what did they say it was? An appliance store. Okay, right. And uh, so, obviously, they're not very happy about that. But... Monk seems to be more distracted by something else at the scene. Yes. Monk gets distracted by something on the scene uh, because one of the cars in the junkyard doesn't have a headlight knocked out, even though every other one does. Not only that, this car only has one headlight. Wow. 
That's uh, is that too old for you? It is. I'm not gonna lie. I'm mean, always gonna pretend like I got it, but uh, you don't know who it is. It's uh, what's no. it called? Bob Dylan's son, Jacob Dylan, and his band. Uh, the, uh, wall, the Wallflowers. The Wallflowers. The Wallflowers. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones who did like the. Wait, what is it? Uh, I actually know. But do they do the one that's like? No, I'm not even gonna sing it. All right. So uh, yes, it's but it's apparently a fresh crime scene. They just arrived because basically someone witnessed the murder as it happened, and. Stott identifies the victim. His name's Chicklet, and he works for a guy named Michael Karpov, who's apparently a uh, a bad guy, a bad dude. He's a drug kingpin. Uh, yeah, he doesn't end up being in trouble, right, at the end, or we don't see it. Uh, I mean, he's 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 still awaiting trial, but yeah, he doesn't end up. He doesn't have any, He doesn't get arrested for this. Seems um, like a nice guy, though. Yeah, honestly, I have no problems with him. Um, but yeah, because Chicklet apparently was. Uh, they raging his machine was right outside his door, so he's going to testify. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, but and unfortunately too, that Jerry's no longer there um, because he ran away. Uh, so there's also a great joke in the scene where uh, Monk just like, "Oh, there's so much junk here. They, they should find somewhere to put it." And Natalie goes, "Monk, this is a junkyard." And he goes, well, "I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> this is literally the place where you put the junk." Yeah. But then uh, someone calls Stonmeyer, and uh, it's not, that doesn't go good for him. Yeah, no, it's uh, Karen. She's on the line, and they seem to be having some uh, issues, as we've been known for them to have. And uh, <clears throat> and you know, it's it's tough. You already know from the, the title of this episode that we're in for some marital strife. But uh, it starts pretty early in this episode. Yeah, as this is going on. Monk re- learns, well, he deduces that a stun gun was used because the victim's cell phone was completely erased. Um, Which is a good observation. And, yes, it is. And is then it, Stadmer, is it true? Do you think? I don't know. Well, who okay. knows? Okay, okay. Um, it probably was with old phones. I don't know if it would happen now. Um, but if you're getting stun gun repeatedly, your phone memory is probably the least of your problems. Um, good point. But. Uh, Speaking of the least of the problems, Stonmeyer's marital issues are the least of his problems now. Because when he gets off the phone, someone's got some orders to say to him. Yeah, uh, this guy, Sergeant Sharky, is, you know, he's he's getting real chesty and basically implies that he's cucking, he's cucking, uh, he's cucking old Stott, which is just yes. That that's yes. number well, one for the episode. That's number one for the episode. That is, and and to be fair, this is in terms of the scale of appropriateness, this is one of the more appropriate uses of the word in the show's history. But yes. Sharky starts by saying you should treat her better, which I'll be honest with you, probably true. But two, and he's like, she's a hell of a woman. And then, you know, Stottmeyer Spacey, he's he's really riled up, and they're holding him back. And he does the classic, uh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And then he turns around and punches him in the face, um, which, that's and a great move. And apparently knocks his tooth out. Yes, he apparently knocks his tooth out. Um Great, I thought was he. You know, we all know he was the Golden Gloves of San Francisco when he was a kid. That's not true, but uh, that's what that's what they call it, right? The Golden Gloves. That's a thing. Uh, of, uh, for from, boxing. Is it? No, I'm pretty sure it's baseball. Well, I know, I know they gave out the Golden Glove Award in baseball, but isn't like uh, um, well, I think we're both we're both looking this up. Yep. Golden Gloves boxing. Yeah, it's amateur boxing. Okay, yeah, I'm right. That's the championship okay, 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 okay. for amateur boxing. I was right. Okay, I'm, I'm, surpri- I'm actually surprised I was right. All right, so Stott's got to go home because he just punched a cop in the face. And uh, yeah, now Jeffrey's in charge. 
Yeah, and he's running it. He's running a tight ship. Got to respect the guy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, he comes home, and Karen is... She's doing hot yoga. It's 99 degrees in the house, which... Um, Have you ever man, done yoga? that's got to suck. What? Have you ever done yoga? I've never done yoga, no. Um, Not even in GTA 5? Oh, yes, I've done it in GTA 5. I've never done yoga mostly because I, the, I never was able to to complete the sit and reach in the presidential physical fitness exam in fifth grade. And I think that that was kind of just a sign that like, if I can't do the bare minimum of stretching when I'm 10, um, probably not a big yoga career ahead of me. Um, but anyway, yeah, fair enough. And he tells, uh, Karen that he punched a cop and because he said, you're having an affair and mm-hmm. Karen denies this. Yeah. You know, she denies it. And, uh, I gotta say, I didn't believe her at the time, um, but you know they they have they have their issues, they have communication mm-hmm. problems, and it's a matter of time before this is gonna come to a boil. Yeah, it's specifically they have issues that he lists. You know, she's in the sleeping in the guest room. Right. She forgot their anniversary, and uh, she she doesn't touch him anymore. Um, yeah, man. I just went. I always get a little squirmy whenever older people start talking about how they don't touch each other anymore. Just something about it. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. No kink shaming. Just, no, no kink shaming. Um, but yeah, I think that it definitely, they didn't mean it like this, but I think just the tone of this podcast, it was impossible for me to uh, hear that line without going like, uh, this is not, uh, you don't touch me anymore. It's not something that we should be in our hands. Dude, the we second, dude, the second that like he says that shit, I in- instinctively went to, um, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd fuck me on. It really is a problem. Like, Ted Levine really, he's had such a, you know, a lot of different things in his career, done a lot of different th- stuff. I mean, he was Stoudemire for hours, hours, and hours more than he ever was James Gum, but. I just think it doesn't help that his name is James. Yeah, that's the thing. If you want people to not think you're a serial killer, put your James. Yeah. Or if you're a great big frat person. All right, so. Disher is, he's talking to some cops and he's got a whiteboard out, excuse me, a blackboard. And he has it, and the big thing is, there's a big M in the middle. And what does the M stand for? Uh, <laughs> um, I, what is it again? It's motive. It's, it's, oh, okay, it's, a right, stu- right. it's a stupid bit. It's actually not important. I didn't take a lot of notes on it. But uh, what we learn is that because of the altercation, the crime scene is contaminated and they can't use any of the physical evidence. So seems flimsy. Like I didn't see them like true. touching everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so basically, in we learn we don't know this now, but in hindsight, Sharky's plan did work. Yeah, it was a pretty nice plan, to be quite honest. Uh, it's actually like one of my better, better, uh, the better aspects of this episode. Uh, yes. in my opinion, I agree. Um, and but they are looking for a homeless man named Jerry or Gerald. Um, who saw the incident. Um, and anyway, then Stock comes in and he wants to take over, but he can't. Apparently, Randy was put in charge by the deputy chief, which, man, that's got to hurt Stott's ego. Yeah, yeah, it does, but it looks like he could take some time to cool his head. You know, you're not going to get anything done uh, running this hot. Yes, um, more like Leland Hottlemeyer. Anyway, he mm. goes into his office and he does the thing where he looks lovingly at a photo of him and Karen. Um, he's just thinking about her, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's sad. Sad stuff for our friend Leland Stoudemire. Um, anyway, he goes to meet Karpov, who's played by Misha Collins. Um, you know, 
who's a a guy who I just know the name of. He think he was on Supernatural for a while. Um, That's what my girlfriend said. So yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, once again, we said earlier. Honestly, he seems like a decent guy. I know he's not, but he's just he's at the playground with his daughter. Seems like a good guy. Daughter? I think it's a son. Sorry, son. Sorry, I don't know. Why I wrote said daughter. I was thinking of the girl that Monk was trying to wipe the smudge off her face. Um, he's there. Oh with, yeah, yeah. With the son. Mm-hmm. And Monk is trying to wipe a smudge off a girl's face. Anyway, um, and you know, Stalmer's doing the classic cop thing of like, uh, you know, where were you on six, at six in the morning? And he's like, I was in bed with my wife. And uh, you know, good for him. Congrats on the sex. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's thoughts? funny. It's funny how this is all like you know, particularly poking at Stottlemyre by like referring to his wife. It almost made it seem like uh, Karpov was aware of the sham going on. Yes, I don't think he was, but uh, no, I don't think he was either. I mean, I think you can just way. tell by looking at Leon Stottlemyre, like you look at Leon Stottlemyre, and like this motherfucker has communication issues with his wife. You can just tell, you know. Sure, you can smell it on him. Um, Probably true, but. Uh, and also, he says he, according to Karpov, he's in the furniture importing business. Um, he's an importer exporter. He is him and Art Vandelay run the whole thing. But uh, yeah, and he also supplies Wayfair with some of their uh, higher end products. Exactly. He if you get just if you get just what you need from Wayfair, thank Michael Karpov. There you uh, go. He tries to hook uh, Natalie up. With a um, an end table, which honestly is a sensible piece of furniture to offer someone, because that's not a huge commitment, you know. Wait, you know about the Wayfair scandal, right? It's, the thing is, it's not even a real scandal. Just FYI, I don't know right, right, or conspiracy yes, theory. Okay. Yeah, so it was a conspiracy theory that there were some like cabinets that people said were way too overpriced, and they had like you know furniture has names and stuff, and they happen to be like names that could be construed as like girls' names. People thought that the girls were being human trafficked in them. But these products were like, like fifteen thousand dollars or crazy. Although, shit. but the thing I I understand that, but if you look at them, they actually were like industrial like things or tools. Also, more importantly, if you're going to traffic in someone over the internet, you don't put something with their name on it. On a public website. Anyway. Yes. It's just the dumbest thing in the world. Um, so, uh, yeah. And there's, uh, you know, Stalmar starts speculating and Monk starts speculating about how he killed Chicklet because he knew he was... Uh, about to done. testify? Yeah, to, exactly. And they threaten him. They like, you know, so there's a witness. There's going to be a lineup soon. But Karpov's like, oh, bullshit. You know, if there was a lineup, I'd already be there. Um, and... Uh, yeah, and then the girl Monk was trying to wipe her face, who was spinning, says she's going to throw up, and Monk says she's about to blow and runs away. I just was recapping that because this scene has a lot going on information-wise, and not, it, but it's very short, and other than the spinny bit, it's not uh, that interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, they're walking away from this, and uh, Stott makes a, honestly, an inappropriate request to Monk. Yeah, you know, he asks him, he needs uh, he needs Natalie and him to tail Karen for, like, an afternoon or something, just to see what she's yeah. up to, because uh, apparently she mentioned, well, we find out later, but she mentions that she's going to go to the movies, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Stott wants to know if she's going to the movies solo, or she's going with a guest. Exactly. Now, coincidentally, when I saw Solo, I did go solo. Um, did you? That wasn't on purpose. Yes, it, it's because it was right after like I signed up with the temp agency, and uh, it was like so. It was very rare for me in the days right after college when I was trying to get a job for me to ever be out and about 
at any time when it was daylight. So I happened to be out about daylight, and there was like a matinee theater, and so I got like five dollar tickets. Not Wait, what's the like last movie you saw by yourself? But, uh, yeah, by myself. The last movie I saw by myself was Knives Out on Thanksgiving. Okay, night. guess what mine is? You'll never guess it, but it's like it, it's like a. No, okay, what is it? I'll just tell you. It was uh, The Shape of Water, and I ah. I was thing is when you in New I was York so it's freaking high, horrible. like so high, and I remember. I can't imagine. Oh my god! Movie I was watching. And I'm just like, wait, 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 what? Like, wait, is this really happening? And see, I think is I. Unlike a lot of people, I actually it's like that fine. Movie it's a good movie, but it's um, not best Oscar. Best I, movie. I enjoy it. No. Yeah. No, of course not. I think that that's a problem. Like, I hate when that happens when a movie that's like pretty good gets like a big Oscar, and it's like I don't think it's the best movie of the year, but I liked it anyway. So she has to follow Karen, and um, he can't because he has to go to anger management courses. Um, and this is where we learned that the cop who, f- pun- who he punched was Ryan Sharkey from Mendocino. Do you have any thoughts on Mendocino besides the fact it's a fun name? Uh, no, there's just like, a, is there a cha- is there like a restaurant out there called Mendocino Farms or no? No idea. Okay, well, it's like a, no, it's like a chain out here of like sandwiches and stuff. Um, so then Summer says something I think is really inappropriate personally that he's like, he compares his situation because he's like, to you know, you don't know what happened to Trudy. Yeah, Wouldn't you want it? Is it killing you? It's like they're not the same. They're not at all. She's dead. He'll never get an answer for anything. Come on, bro. Yeah, bad move. And also, who killed my wife? And is my wife creeping with someone else? But I just want to say for the early two thousands R and B and hip hop, I wish we brought back say creeping as Judy. <laughs> um, like that's not anyway. And then <laughs> Stumar says, "How how many favors? How many favors have I asked of you?" And uh, Monk, of course, knows it's 103. 104, including this one. Yes. But then Starmar says, well, how many times have I said please? And we don't get the answer to that question, but we get Monk agrees to help out his old buddy Leland. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's following with Natalie. Do, 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 do you remember any of his uh, tips for following? Um, Stay at least 30 feet away, but no more than 40 feet away, but no more than 60 feet away. Uh, mm-hmm. And use reflective surfaces as much as possible. And yes. wear, uh, never mind. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, and wear thong underwear, but uh, I realize he's talking to a girl, so I don't want to even make that joke. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can't hurt, but so they're, you know, following. And Monk is, of course, an idiot and uses sunglasses as a reflective surface when there's a mirror right there. And there's kind of some, like, wacky madcap stuff of them following. And you learn basically that they've been married forever and they never had anything in common. Um, so More than uh, that, we learned that one weekend he went hunting and that yeah. same day Karen chose not to go and instead organized a gun control rally, which, you know, props to Karen. I respect that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I definitely support Karen more in this whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, and then they accidentally knock an arm off a mannequin and uh, I do love when Monk is like hung up and wants to put it back. And now like it's just a mannequin, and Monk says, "Why do you say things like that?" <laughs> right, which uh, okay, all right, it's funny. Okay, we cut. Then we cut to anger management. Um, now I know I have seen the two thousand three or four film Anger Management, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. I've never seen it. Um, I've been in anger management. You've been in anger management. You don't have to tell, but that, I, I, I mean. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you real quick. What? I'll sum it real quick. Basically, I used to date this girl. I won't mention names, but she was um, she was very jealous and very possessive. 
And she was the type of person, okay, like when you're in a relationship, you usually want a partner that doesn't exacerbate things, you know? And obviously you need to have a better handle mm-hmm. on yourself. But she was the kind of girl that would like argue with you constantly, even when you didn't want to. And then anytime you showed anything, like mm-hmm. any anything like resembling a spine, she would like accuse you of well, all kinds of shit. Mm-hmm. So anyways, one day, like I, we got into an argument and she's like, you need to go to anger management. I'm not going to go any further with this unless you do it. So I agreed to do it. And, uh, and I did a couple like months and then for like a month and a half, I pretended like I would go. And then she would ask, she would like quiz me on shit. And I would just make stuff up or I would look up like common anger management techniques on Google. And yeah, it was, uh, it was not like this. I'll tell you that much. No, so did you find it helpful at all? Um, no, because I was. I mean, yes. It, it, if I had anger management problems, yes, yeah, it, it feels like you didn't have anger problems. It feels like you were gaslit into believing you had anger problems. Essentially, that's what happened. And so, like after that, every relationship I've been in has pretty much been very normal. It was just, it was just a very yeah. bad partnership. And she's a great girl, but so, good, you know, that's all it is. Yeah. So this, you don't need to say that because you didn't say her name. But um, <laughs> so. Uh, no, I, I'm sure he is. I'm yeah. kidding. But um, so this scene has something very special to me and my brother, specifically me and my older brother, Kevin. It's a thing we quote all the time. I honestly don't know why. It, the first guy who's standing up is a guy named Peter who's telling a story about Real how dickhead. he was at a restaurant. Yeah, Peter's a dickhead. That he was at a restaurant and a guy was talking on his cell phone and he got angry and he says that he threw a plate, dot, 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 a couple of plates. And that's important. I don't know why it stuck so much, but to this day, if I'm ever in the same room as my other brother Kevin, and I say I'm grabbing a plate, for example, I will always, even if I'm just grabbing one plate, I'll say I'm grabbing a plate, two plates, couple of plates, every, I swear to God, every single time. And it's not even that, you know, it's not even a big line. No, I thought you were going to say that you would say these things happen a lot or something. No, at this moment, I'm actually going to text Kevin. I finished the sentence. I threw a plate. All right. So, uh, yeah. Then Leland gets a cell phone call, which obviously pisses off Peter. And uh, then they get in an argument. And he learned, we learn his mantra, though, which you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when everything else fails, just think to yourself, you know, these things happen. Which, sure, they do. If, I think that that is a good strategy for people who don't have anger issues. Like, for example, a phrase I use all the time... Um, and I really do do this in my everyday life. It's less about anger, more just about anxiety and stuff like that, where I think, like, you know, worse things like, worse things have happened. Yeah. That's the thing I always say to myself. You know, worse things have happened. And that, I think that there are phrases that are helpful, but I think if you're someone who could utilize phrases, you wouldn't have to be in anger management. <laughs> like, just, you know, yeah. like, you probably need some therapy. Yeah. By the way, I did just got a text back. I, a couple of plates is what he responded. Um, Special um, K, So, baby. anyway. Yes, sorry, uh... I would just need to tell him why I uh, asked him that because I'm like we're monking about that episode. Okay, so uh, he then gets a yo-yo, and I don't mean yo-yo ma. That's dumb. Um, to play with when he's angry, and this is definitely not science. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know anger management science, but that's not science. No, but yo-yos are fun. Um, but when they get, but the thing about yo-yos is if it gets like stuck or fucked up or whatever, it can be even more anger-inducing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't really yo-yo. I you know it's uh. Hard. That shit is fun, man. Um, walking the dog. It is fun. It, it it I was I walking the dog is the only thing I ever could do. It is it is like surprisingly fun just to do just to throw it and get it back. Like it's just like wow, you know, 
It's uh, who needs video games? So um, they're they're following Karen still, and they stop at a wishing fountain, and Monk notices that there is ten dollars and three cents in the fountain because sometimes monk is just very observant and sometimes he's rain man right <laughs> like that's kind of, um and he has a he has a hard request for natalie uh yeah he uh you know he wants her to take three cents out of the the fountain to make it a nice round 10 bucks which she could have just alleviated this if she had any change or like okay would it have been a problem if it was ten dollars and five cents does it have to be a dollar like round it up uh, I would think that ten dollars and ten cents might have been okay, but ten dollars or five cents, I don't think would okay. have. Um, but it is hard to tell with Monk. Um, yeah. I think he. Pro- I don't think. It, I don't think either of those would be okay because I think he would know that it would have. Um, let's see. I got to charge my phone now that I'm. Uh, I'm using my hotspot, guys, because my internet in my parents' house is being weird. Um, that he would have known. Like, yes, I understand. That you uh, added some to make it ten ten, but all you need to do is just take away three, and it would have been ten dollars, and that's better. Yeah. Anyway, she ends up doing it, and then they follow Karen, and they see that she is seeing somebody, but they only see the back of his head. Yeah, and you can tell, like from seeing it, that it's not Sharky. It's not your boy. No, I think the thing. I think that we're not even. We're, we're supposed to like kind of think maybe, but like we're not really supposed to think it's him either, right? Because. Clearly, Stahmeyer... Like, the episode would be really bad, I think, if it ended up with Stahmeyer's right, his wife is cheating on him, <laughs> and, you know, he's he's right to be mad. Yeah, that's true. We, 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 we can't have him being right in this in this case. They, uh... So they don't... They get a perfectly nice picture of him, right? No, they don't. They only manage to get the back of his head, which isn't gonna show anybody what we need to know, but yeah. that, that'll be enough for stuff. But, no, but why didn't they get a good photo of him? Oh, because they were getting arrested, right? Yes, yes. Because apparently it's a crime to uh, take, take money out money of a public fountain. I mean, of course it is. Yeah, it's a crime. Yeah, I'm kidding. Okay, no, I didn't and, think it was. Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's a crime that get you like hauled off, but I imagine it—it's not your money. So like, oh, yeah, but you just get kicked out. Yeah, it's, that's fair. Um, but we don't stay on that scene for a while because we're back with our friend Gerald. Um, and he, it's him and his mouse, and he's reading to the mouse, which is nice because, you know, they say that a lot of the early education problems with mice come from the fact that parents don't read anymore. So, or sing, they don't sing no. Um, and uh, unfortunately, this is not a good day for Gerald, because um, the killer comes is back, and he's got his old stun gun again. Yeah, and he, you know, gives off a couple of warning shots and, uh, you know, shocks him a little bit and then just throws him off the side of the building. Or... Yeah, he throws him out the window um, and then he throws the box with his mouse in it on him, which, you know, a man should be buried next to his mouse, so I get it. Yeah, uh, but our guy Jerry ends up surviving this uh, this tangle with Sharky and uh, mm-hmm. because apparently he was only off the third floor. A third story, and he landed and he on top of a corrugated uh, GE appliance refrigerator. Yes, a fridge box. Yes, much like Richard Dreyfus and Roy Scheider in Jaws, he tangled with Sharky, and he made it out alive. There you go. You um, can't say the same thing about Chicklet, aka Robert Shaw in Jaws. But um, so as they're going to meet Gerald in the hospital. The captain keeps calling Monk and Natalie, presumably because, you know, he wants an update on the cheating bit. Yeah. And uh, Gerald is happy to have a warm meal in the hospital, but he can't stay there for long. He's got to worry. 
yeah. Devo is with him, and they'll kick out Devo. Right. I mean, how do... Okay, I'm just curious. How do they charge uh, homeless people for this stuff? Do they just accept it that they're not going to get any money? Yeah, I think so. I think that that's how it works. I think that they just... Yeah, that they probably give them a bill, but then, like, you know, uh, just they eat it. I'm not okay. 100% sure. If you work in uh, the health insurance industry... One, fuck you, but two, um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. If you were going to, like, I know, but, like, okay, if you're the head of the health insurance industry, yes, yes, but, yes. Uh, but if you have an answer, please let us know. Yeah. Um, DM's open. But, yeah, so they, um, we apparently learn he's a smart mouse. None of this stuff's important. Um, and Monk concludes that it's the same guy who killed Chicklet because it's a stun gun. And then a nurse comes in, and they have to toss this mouth back and forth between Natalie and Disher because, uh, yeah. Obviously, Monk doesn't want it, and uh, it's a pretty fun, like, little, like, every mm-hmm. time they throw the mouse, it, like, squeaks, and it's, like, a pretty funny mm-hmm. scene to see, but eventually, uh, Disher's got to ditch the Devo, and he puts them inside Monk's uh, coat pocket, which mm-hmm. somehow he keeps it together, so props to Monk for that, but mm-hmm. he's not doing well after this. No. He, he's down when bad. The, yeah, when Jerry takes the mouse out of his pocket, Monk then puts his jacket into the incinerator. Um... Which fair? Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Stott, who's yo-yoing in his office. Um, you know, normal thing to do. He's having a normal one. Uh, and then they show him the photo of the guy who's meeting with Karen. And Monk's like, "I don't think it's Sharky." If you look at his earlobe, and then Stottmeyer goes full, you know, angry, like, "I don't need to see his earlobe," you know. Yep, he doesn't want to know about that. He's got all the evidence he needs, and uh, unfortunately, he's, things are about to get very messy for him again. Yeah. It feels like he always does this where he's, you know, he's convinced someone did something, and he doesn't listen to his better judgment, and uh, he, he should learn at some point. I don't think he does ever, but he should. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I Obviously, this is just like a TV show, and it's just Monk, but he would be in serious trouble for all the shit he pulls in this yes. episode. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. That. So anyway, um, there's Disher's putting together the lineup in five minutes. Jerry's there to uh, pick people out, and um, he's picking out because he needs four other cops to fill out the lineup. He starts picking people, and the last guy he picks is none other than Sharky, who just got off a double shift. Not yeah. important, but he did. Yeah, but, you know, he's a fucking prick, and so nothing makes me more happy than seeing him have to do a little bit more work before he uh, mm-hmm. punches out for the Exactly, day. yeah. And so uh, they, uh, they they start the lineup, you know, they're doing a buy the book, and um, even though Jerry says, He's in there! I see him in there! Um, and so Stott is looking for Sharky, he hears the lineup, and he somehow grabs the number six card, which mm-hmm. you'd think there was only lineups only have five people, so why didn't they even print a big number six card for him to hold? Uh, maybe it's for like someone's birthday. Oh shit! Good point. Yeah, had to be that. But he doesn't just ha- hold the number six card; he has yeah. the photo. Yeah, he's got the photo, and not only that, no, not only does he have the six, he switches uh, with number three, so he could be right next to your boy. Yes, exactly. And he's like, "Is that you?" Um. To yeah, which Sharky nice. t- tells him, "He are you like are you freaking serious? Like you're pathetic." And which is, you know, you don't want to tell a man that's clearly going through the turmoil he is that he's pathetic. Like the last thing you want to do is yes. question his manhood. Now you do want to do that if what you're trying to do is get him to fight you, which is what yeah. Sharky's trying to do. But 
At this moment? Oh, because I don't know if to... at this moment. I don't know. He's, he's clearly just being a dick. I, I honestly am not sure. But uh, he definitely, he just, he's not not trying to get him to fight him. Okay. All right. True. And it, yeah, it ends up with Stoudemire throwing the yo-yo at Sharky. And it all um, goes downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like that newfound glory song. Um, and yeah, so Brawl goes off. And uh, the district attorney, of course, needs... He calls it off. He basically says it's a sham lineup because of what happened. And mm-hmm. so after that, we cut to everyone just sitting in the, like, I guess the ba- the, the office. The, the bullpen. The bullpen. And, you know, everyone's kind of licking their wounds and, and just everyone's got to get statements. Uh, Disher's trying to, like, you know, maintain some order. And basically, he doesn't want to turn in your boy's thought, you know. He's he's a company guy. You know, he's a, not a company guy, but he's like, a, you know, he's loyal to Stott. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Then Karen shows up, and Sharky pretends to know Karen because he's got to cover up the lie uh, that he originally had. And she's like, "He must be crazy." And this is where casting Lena, uh, not Lena, Glenn Hedy, Glenn Headley, Glenn, Headley. He- yeah, whatever, yes, Glenn Headley, um, casting her with her super high pitched voice really works because she does incredulous very very well. I'm like Leland, you have to believe me. Um, anyway. He should have. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, and then, more importantly, though, Sharky's eating an apple, which is the food you eat when you're trying to be a douchebag. Um, I see someone's been watching a lot of CinemaSins. <laughs> I, I actually have not been watching. I hate CinemaSins. Okay. So I actually have not been watching CinemaSins. That's a joke they made. That's a joke they oh, made. well, I, uh, broken clocks. Um, anyway, that, uh... You know, what, what does Monk notice about the way he's eating that apple, though? He's noticing that he's eating it on the wrong side. Because apparently mm-hmm. Stoudemire had knocked his tooth out. So mm-hmm. why would he be eating on that side? Like, yeah, why? Because be Stoudemire is right-handed. So therefore, if you were to knock at a tooth, it would have been on his left side. But he's chewing on his left side. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he immediately puts it together. He's like, oh my god, Sharky, you used to work in Mendocino. We always thought, you know, Karpov lives in Mendocino. Uh, and then we always thought he had someone on the payroll. Right. Sorry, now I'm just doing the voices. Yeah. And I, the detail that I missed when it first happened was that Karpov apparently called uh, Sharky Sergeant, even though he's in street clothes. True, I didn't notice which, that at all. Yeah, that might have just been cut out of the episode. Um, okay. But yeah. Then we get to what happened, which we mostly uh, have um, gone through, but just give me a little bit of a recap. Yeah, so basically, um, you know, Sharky was the inside man with Karpov, and he was trying to keep Chicklet in, in line, and obviously that ended up not working out. The They got into an argument, they were fighting each other, and in the midst of all this, Sharky knocks, uh, no, sorry, uh, Chicklet knocks out Sharky's tooth, and it like ends up like falling somewhere on the scene, and they can't find it, and obviously... After everything that happens with Chicklet dying and uh, and Jerry running off, he knows that he's gonna need to come up with like a good excuse for why his tooth is there, and he we see like a scene of him like basically listening in on Stottlemyre, uh getting into an argument with, with Karen, which is what we saw in the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode. So he figured, all right, I'll get this guy to fight me because it's the easiest thing you can do to get someone to fight you is to make uh, you know talk about their wife or their girlfriend or whatever. So sure enough, mm-hmm. that's what happened. Uh, Sotomayor punched him, didn't knock the tooth out, and uh, and yeah, that's why uh, that's basically it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, great, honestly, quick thinking. 
um, for Sharky much better than I would have done. I probably would just would have panicked and ran away and tried to get to Mexico and then get arrested. Um, I wouldn't have killed the guy in the first place is the big thing, but, um, you know. Then, just for good measure, because Sharky's like, you can't prove any of that. Gerald IDs him immediately, and then he takes the apple for Devo, so Devo gets fed, so shouts to Devo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stott and Karen have a talk in his office, and Stott's like, you know, it's kind of flattering, which it's not, but I appreciate him trying. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's doing a little bit of damage, uh, damage control. And this is where he tells uh, Karen that he had her followed, and shows the photo of the the lunch mm-hmm. and who is in the photo um it is uh randall disher no i'm just kidding it's actually uh, a divorce lawyer and stomer's like you're sleeping with a divorce lawyer and of course you know no she's not um, yeah and he and he like he starts saying about like how he'll forgive her and he's no saint and stuff but mm-hmm. nope he, she just wants to get a divorce yeah she pulls out the papers he's getting he gets served um and he asks why, and I think that she gives the appropriate response, which is because you have to ask why. Um, right. Because, uh, not that I would recommend for anyone to get divorced, just generally, but like sometimes in a TV show or movie when there's a breakup, it's like, oh my God, I'm so sad for them. It's like, this, you're like, they, sh- they shouldn't be married. Like, I think we even joked in the first two episodes with them together. It's like, they just do not yeah, <laughs> really yeah, work. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then the end is stop moving out. And um, he's just really sad. That's basically the gist of the scene. And uh, I like that they ended that way because it is sad. Even though I think they should have gotten divorced, it's sad when that happens. Yeah, of course. He's, uh, you know, he's about to live the... And that's the funny part. And I didn't even think about it right now. It's like they kind of reverse the trope a little bit of like the cheating cop is usually the one that is like the result of like a divorce happening between like this kind of stuff but it, it was supposedly the wife and even yeah. then she wasn't cheating nobody was cheating so it's mm-hmm. refreshing that it was just you run of the mill mm-hmm. yeah not getting along. you know what i think is i think that they do that a lot in movies and tv shows because they don't want it because for the actual substance of the show they show a functioning relationship because that's normal and interesting and then so in order to justify a breakup with while only making the main character look like because if you have a main character show and they break up with someone most breakups people neither party comes out looking very good so if you want your main character to come out looking very good the way you do it is just make them get cheated on because it's like oh of course they break up with them and they didn't do anything wrong you know whereas this it's like they're all culpable you know stahlmeyer is just as culpable if not i would argue more than karen um and but it's still sad uh and but what's not sad is when i ask you what do you think what did you give this episode out of 10 uh, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10 as well. I like this episode. Um, I think that it has a good, you know, story and mystery, and I think the personal stuff is good. Like, it doesn't feel superfluous. Um, and I like any time a show like this actually has movement in the characters' lives. Like, so many shows just, like, reset to square one after every episode, whereas, but this, like, he is divorced. Like, he's, from, from now on, he's not married to Karen, you know? And I like when they make big decisions like that. I can't wait till uh, we see him go out on some dates, as I'm sure that's going to happen. Oh, do you, do you, oh, just you wait. Okay. Just you wait, yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, some great stuff coming up with Captain Leland Stoudemire and his uh, dating, his love life. Um, but great stuff coming up on this show, so you can follow it at Strictly Monkin on Twitter. Andre, where can people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Keep listening to the show. 
um you know and if you like the show let us know um you know if at and if you have anything to say let us know at best you know you just make us feel good and at worst i can say uh, i appreciate the feedback but uh i don't think enough as i'm recording in order to institute that change um but yeah uh so yeah i have nothing else to say i don't know why i thought i had more to say here <laughs> more important than all that though uh please tune in next week as we talk about mr monk and the big reward i'm just gonna recycle it because it was good earlier let's get junky baby (laughs) 